Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to the Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Monique Sayers is the visionary for a new paradigm of education, which is a culmination of her life's work as a passionate educator, mother, author and awakened meditation healer. She offers this vision to all of humanity to awaken and bring forth a new paradigm that will serve all students for their highest good. She's an international best-selling author of A New Paradigm of Education, and when I got to chat with Monique, it was clear our missions were aligned, and that just as we evolve as humans, so must our education, in a holistic way. Welcome, Monique, to The Ethical Evolution. Hi, thanks for having me on. Now, uh, I have to say, you are the first guest to come to us all the way from Uruguay, but you're originally from Australia, which is amazing. Um, But welcome to the show. Um, Now, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. So, my name is Monique Sayers, and I guess I'm a change maker, would be one word to describe myself. I'm always evolving within. So, who am I exactly is always changing, but... You know, my heart is um, as a teacher, so my background is in education as a professional teacher, which also expands out into the field of meditation, uh, spiritual practice, and just, I guess, world leadership in a way. Uh, And I'm also a mother of a little beautiful girl who's four years old called Coral. Amazing. Now, uh, you and I were introduced to each other uh, through a mutual contact, uh, Carrie Jeroslow, who's uh, collaborated with you on your latest book. Uh, Can you tell us about the book? Yes, I totally can. It, it lights my day up. <laughs> For me, this is not a book. It's a vision. It's um, a portal 
into the cosmos. It's something that I channeled through a year ago and it's called A New Paradigm of Education for those people who are wondering what is the name of the book. And it's a collaboration of parents, educators, all different types of change makers of the world, um, all coming together, taking off their hats, taking off their titles, basically um, holding hands together and just saying we're here. Mm. We're here for the next generations to come. That's it in a nutshell. I can go into a much more detail about it, of course. But it's 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 designed to be serving the generations of uh, children that mm. are, are coming through, and to be changing uh, education. You know, education has completely changed. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's not about the pandemic because we know, yes, the pandemic is a bypass or a byproduct of uh, what's happening in terms of the world in evolution. But I feel like this um, revolution or evolution of education has been coming for a long time. Mm. And I'm just really grateful to see so many people around the world all making a stand within their hearts to do what's better for um, everybody. And I'm talking about things like reducing uh, anxiety in children, saying no to standardized testing, changing, you know, different venues and backgrounds, um, basically up. uprooting education to be in a new form Mm. you know it's not about a piece of paper education is not a piece of paper right exactly (laughs) we all know that yeah and you know one of the things um that got me really fired up in the episode I did with Carrie was that we started to talk about education and how you know everything on this podcast is about an evolution right so um you know we were talking about education and how you know we as humans have evolved uh, how we're educated needs to evolve as well so that we're being educated as a holistic human instead of, you know, the, the you know, the three R's or whatever they used to call them, um, you know, and then to strive for a piece of paper at the end, like you say, um, is really not the real world anymore, is it? No, it's definitely not. So the education um, paradigm is not about a model. It's about a debunking of all models because in the past we've seen almost segregation within education. So there's been a lot of uh, people all wanting to do their best and all coming up with their frameworks. But this is actually what we're talking about is like oneness consciousness or or unity consciousness where there's this kind of holistic model where everybody's like taking a step back from the grind of needing it to be a certain way of it needing to have a certain score, a certain measure, and actually just looking at humans as humans, children as children's and just deciding, well, what do they actually need? Mm. And you know what it is? Most of the time it's like ancient, the results that come through, like it's like ancient wisdom, Mm. you know, they need play, they need nature, they need stillness, you know, they need to be seen, they need to be heard. And all of that can happen at any moment, at any place. And that's not about being inside of a classroom. Mm. And that that those formative years are, are so, so important um, in, in the creation of who we really are, aren't they? Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, when you've spent decades uh, in education and you or not quite decades, but um, a quarter <laughs> of your 100. life in it, right? Um, yes. You know, uh, you, you, you get conditioned in a certain way, not just from um, what you're being taught, but also from your teachers, um, your peers, um, where you are, the environment. It's It all impacts you and, and who you become. Uh, Yes, yes. I think everything in life affects you, though. And I think that is also a stigma, if you don't mind me saying, because a lot of the time people are are putting a blame onto something in society, whether it's education, whether it's the health system, whether it's work, 
Um, and what I've noticed since uh, the pandemic is once all of that happened and all of that was kind of pulled away from mm. us, taken mm. away from us, it sort of brought myself back into a place of, of just being humble and truthful for who I am and who am I in this world and what, what do I stand for? And then sort of then taking a step into, okay, well, you know, there are these systems, but there's actually people behind these systems. So I actually truly believe that people, like mm. us as people, us as humanity really, really can make a change. Like um, if we're sitting there waiting around for these systems to change, then, you know, that mm. could be could be a long, a long, long time for an evolution. But what I've noticed is that people are ready for this, um, like in terms of, I guess, spiritual evolution, in terms of, um, I guess, even just people just being ready to make change. It's almost become part of mental health that mm. people are caring for themselves and looking after themselves and yeah from that place that's where the radical change is coming from the inward and going to the outward if that makes sense yeah and and you're right you know like um through the pandemic so many people had to uh, teach their kids from home um and, and do homeschooling which you know it was a, was a radical change in a very short mm. time and it's made people look at things very very differently um and i think you know that's also going to impact the kids in in a in a positive way uh because they've got that connection um and they're approaching things from a different angle um and i think that actually has opened the door for us to make greater change yeah there's a lot to say about that um it hasn't been roses for everybody, as mm. you know. So for some families, having a child at home all day, it probably was causing anxiety yeah. within the family. For others, yes, it was a return to connection, a return to that kind of family nest, that um, that, that tribal feeling, which mm. is just so beautiful and really admirable. But for others, I'm sure there was kind of this conflict going on. Well, yeah. what am I supposed to do? What is the solution? This is not what I want. I don't want to be at home all day with my child. I, I need to I need to work, I need to do things. And also, so what I found um, myself through working with the other authors and other educators in the field is that there's just so many different options now that are outside of the box um, for people who are not wanting to be in a mainstream school, you know. So there's like people that are setting up learning hubs where they're sharing mm. community with mm. each other so people can still have a moment to have peace for themselves. And um, one of my biggest messages is always coming back to the self, whether you're an educator, whether you're a parent, whether you're a child. Um, my biggest message is to always work on yourself first for therefore you to be able to be able to serve yeah. everybody else and yeah. so it's super important that people are, are taking that time out for themselves as well and yeah there has been a shift globally in terms of well what is work you know a lot of mm. people have moved into entrepreneurship and this type of thing and I think it's really beautiful because I think it's role modeling to our children that um, nine to five is not the only way and that will then be a, you know, a byproduct of what happens to the children. They're mm. also going to be um, learning different ways as well. Like, uh, for example, some educators now are pulling their children out of school and just and having them homeschooled or having them shared schooled or unschooled or things like that. And this allows them just to have grace and space mm. and almost timelessness with what they do with their day, which will then flow on to the next generation when they're grown up, that they'll be like, okay, well, what do we want to do? Which will flow on to their children. And I, I, I can already see that that's um, yeah. a massive change globally yeah it's almost like um that generational shift is starting to happen um but you know from your experience Monique uh, you know by adding spirituality and things like meditation into education for kids what impacts have you seen there 
it's an absolute necessity mm. and anybody that is not practicing that is really missing out on this amazing opportunity to help children because first and foremost um as educators, our supposed role is to teach children how to learn. You know, that's the old paradigm, right? Yeah. That just sounds so, <laughs> so in the box when I say that, and I'm sorry for putting it in those terms. But you know what? Learning can happen brilliantly through meditation. Like it's proven, it's documented in science. There's different um, different researchers that I've been analyzing um there's like schools that are all opening up mindfulness schools around it there's parts of the brain I don't want to go into all the brain science because I'm not a brain doctor but I have studied all of this this information that shows that you know um the old way of learning was just really working on the scientific side of the brain sometimes the creativity or emotive side but there's also the um amygdala at the top of the brain which is actually um channeling extra infinite wisdom and it's also a, a place where better concentration is happening less anxiety is happening joy is happening bliss is happening awakening is happening and you know what from that place like absolutely everything is possible like absolutely everything and so I don't know why people would not want to give that to their children like mm. don't you want your children to learn in the best way possible like using the whole brain and in our book actually actually Carrie Jessler who came onto your podcast I don't know if she mentioned this or not but but she mentioned um, in her chapter all about the whole brain and the whole child and the importance of the IQ, the, yeah, yeah. The, um, the IQ, the EQ, and then the energetic quotient. Yeah. And, yeah, this is definitely uh, the new paradigm where we're stepping into that space where learning can just happen through transmission. It's not needing to be this old clunky kind of yeah. <laughs> rhythm of needing to read and write. It's just this process of it happening and yeah. um, very rapidly, you know. Yeah, and it's just and like I'm just seeing you light up just talking about it, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, like you're on fire. Um, but the you know you also referenced earlier um, how important play is uh, because um, you know connecting to play and connecting to the the, the childlike uh, the child within us um, is really important for creativity um, and and for innovation and growth and um, I think that's something that we forget as adults um, to do but I think it's really important that that's a, a really big slice of of just the organic growth in a child wouldn't you agree yeah, totally. And I don't think that's um, the revolution per se, because I, there's been a lot of um, empirical research and a lot of other educators in the field that have included um, this type of work around play in their documentation already. And so we all know that play is creative and it is definitely stimulating um, the child and it's, it's definitely necessary. Um, what I would say on that is like free play as opposed to kind of confined play because, you know, in the schools at the moment it is it is rigid with the sort of the small amount of breaks that the children are getting. And then, yeah, the, the notion of work versus play versus, you know, the whole day of being in a place of joy, you know, like mm. um, I've kind of gone on a tangent but I'll come back to where you were. But like, for example, myself as an educator, I walk into the space in that place of play. Mm. I actually call it joy though. Yeah. For me, play and joy are kind of um, simultaneous and it is from that space that I am there to serve and from no other space. Like who am I to serve from any other space because 
basically whatever I am um, transmitting through myself is becoming a place of regulation uh, for the classroom mm. and for the children. And they're going to be able to mirror how I am and they'll be mirroring off each other as well. So mm. it's absolutely my place to be in that place of joy, to then be able to then allow them to all be in their, their places as well. And it just really holds us all in this, um, this safety net. Like <laughs> play can be actually be a safety net as well. Yeah. Like if that, if that makes sense. Um, so all of that has been researched, but what's the most newest type of research is all this um, information around mindfulness within mm. classrooms. And that is definitely the new paradigm, the, the way that everybody's um, is headed and just wait until, you know, this becomes normalized in schools. Like already they have mental health written down as like a little checkbox. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. imagine it being embodied. Imagine it just being part of everyday practice, like, it's just necessary, you know. Yeah, I'm seeing more of it coming into workplaces as well as a, as a like a necessity, um, particularly since the pandemic um, and totally. remote working and all of those kind of things. But um, yeah, mindfulness for children um, and actually getting back to that meditation and that stillness and that peace and that joy and play, um, you know, that's where we tackle those mental health issues like anxiety and, um, you know, it could also benefit other physical ailments or mental ailments around things like ADHD and, and, and things like that. So actually helping with focus and, and you know, actually learning. Um, have you seen that as well? Yes, yes, 100%. And I'm ex- I'm a perfect example. I'll use myself as a role model rather than just uh, talking about the children. So one of my stories is um, prior to my awakening, um, I was teaching, you know, and I, I was really excited to be a teacher. And, of course, I was having this beautiful place of um, excitement every day going to the class. But you know what? There was just chaos. Mm. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was chaos in my class. And I was like, what's going on? Why are the children not responding to me? What's what is going on? And mm. I just and the more that that happened, I was just feeling more and more frustrated inside of myself. And then the children would becoming more frustrated. And there was just this kind of battle of energy going on mm. between us and and there's me like doing my best you know going come on please let this be a great day and it just was not gelling and um after I did some of my own work um which wasn't just to be the best teacher in the world it was just because I wanted to work on myself like I had anxiety and I had sort of things that I needed to work on in my life to, to make myself um evolve into the human I am <laughs> or the spirit I am or whatever we want to call ourselves um so I yeah I notice a massive change within um, myself so I flew to Bali and I taught over there and basically I just um, after being in India and doing a lot of uh, spiritual ashram work and things like that and yeah I'd walk into a classroom and I, uh, because my energy had shifted into this consciousness of stillness uh, joy, self-regulation, whatever people want to call it, you know, uh, the children would mirror that back. Mm. And so that was definitely how I knew that it was, it was, you know, possible. And the children would start to be like noticing things on me and saying, wow, you're just so happy. Or, um, yeah, my own daughter, for example, like I never actually taught her to meditate at all, but because I meditate so much, she just naturally mirrors me. Like she'll just drop to the floor and just like, put her hands in the on position, close the eyes, even just for a few seconds and say, "Om." and um, yeah, I can see that she really loves it as well. So there is a lot of research and things like that. I just um, 
didn't go into that because the reason I didn't was because our book was written um, actually kind of debunking research because actually empirical research has been around for centuries. And what our book is about is about the inner wisdom of a human. And everybody has that in them. Everybody has a gift to share. And so our book was written from that place. You know, every single person in the world is an educator. Everybody has that unique gift and that unique story to tell. And so when I was interviewing each of the authors um, to come into the book, I was like, well, what is your gift that you want to share to the world? Let's think of it from that perspective rather than just regurgitating information that somebody could look up on Google. You know, that's not what we're here to do. That's Mm. not our 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 coding is it no. <laughs> so, so that's why I haven't gone into all the the detail around um that stuff because it's it's out there there's plenty of research and there's plenty of research that will say one thing and there's plenty of research that will try will say another thing but I know for myself it has changed me completely and I have seen it around the people around myself mm. And, it, yeah. that you know, again, it comes back to the whole mission that, that we're doing as part of this podcast is, you know, if we want to be the change, it starts within us. Um, so <laughs> when so when we work on us, um, that just has a flow on effect to others. So as, you know, I often say healed humans heal humans. So um, when we do the healing within us, people start to pick up on that. And the energy that we put out, it's like, it's almost like you're glowing and people are attracted to that instead of trying to, you know, fight against you when you're trying to control them. So I, I just, I just love it when people reach that space of, um, you know, getting that calm energy and other people just want to be around you, you know, like they just gravitate towards you. I think it's just such a beautiful thing. And and obviously it's happening for you with uh, when kids uh, gather around you as well. It's like a, like a beacon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Now um, you were talking um, in the book about on the spot language. Oh, on yeah. the spot language. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So that was a Nesha's chapter. So that's his inner wisdom. So he was sharing about just changing the way, yeah, the way that ESL learners have been learning in the past and and learning through grammar and learning through kind of um, almost like dictatorship in a way, like dictating words back. And I know myself because I have also been an ESL teacher in China and also in Bali. Um, So I've also been in the the same field as him, um, that a lot of that stuff is just not relevant. So it's just reading a book and just memorizing something like a parrot. And so his program is really amazing because it's getting uh, students out on the field into the real world. And then he's teaching them the real world language, like as in, you know, like if he was Australian, he'd be teaching them, you know, g'day, mate, how's it going? Like using the proper accent, using the the way that we actually speak, the way that's actually applicable as opposed to it being in in a book. And then he's actually got people out he's got his students out on the street and from there he's actually getting them to speak directly with people face to face and making errors making mistakes all on the spot so Mm. it's like on the spot language on the spot which is really brilliant because not only does it help them um kind of build their confidence it's making it life it's making it applicable and everything and and he also has a program that's linked to gratitude around that as well because it could be quite daunting for somebody who's just arrived his um program is in Canada for Mm. somebody who's just arrived into Canada to then be like 
speaking for the first time and not and maybe there's like you know they feel nervous or they feel anxious or they feel whatever but he's actually directly there with them like supporting them and guiding them to then build confidence so it's really he's really changing the face of the ESL world in terms of adult education and learning in his style is moving away from books and moving into just the real world and that's exactly what you do when you travel you know when you yep. go and you travel and you order like a taco from somewhere yeah. <laughs> you, you go and you order it you don't just like read the book and just yeah. you know do it like a parrot so he's bringing all of that into yeah into learning hubs around Canada I love so. that I absolutely love that and no doubt that would have a, a greater impact on on the retention of information as well by by being immersed into that um your real world situation instead of you know like a classroom or something like that um I, totally. I, I know for me it would make a bigger imprint on me than than being in a rigid sort of environment I think that's amazing I love it absolutely love it now, Monique, one thing I love to ask guests on the show is what does being ethical mean to you? You know, I was actually um, considering that myself when I was coming on this podcast and I was thinking, you know what, if the title of this podcast was Ethical Education, that that would almost have a stigma to me because it would feel like um, – like the old paradigm, like we must follow the rules and we must follow the ethics and the rule books and we must be rigid. Like it just had this kind of feeling. I'm like, well, what what would it be then? And so uh, when I researched it further, I was feeling into the feeling of like oneness and wholeness for the planet. So to be ethical is not about a title, a position, a label, um, a dogma, and anything, any kind of box. It's like this um, complete feeling of openness and expansiveness and being able to understand and to meet people from where they're at, but also to be able to see them the same as you. So their unique gift, but also being able to see them as one with you is what I would classify as ethical. I love that. Absolutely love it. You know, there's no wrong answer to that question. I absolutely <laughs> love it. That, that was amazing. Thank you. Um, now, if, if people are listening to this and they're parents and they want to try something different with their kids um, in terms of learning, um, what kind of tips could you give them to get started? Sure, it depends on what the parents are looking to do. So there's a range of different things. So if they're wanting to keep their children just in mainstream schools, my first suggestion would be working on themselves as parents uh, through mindfulness practices. And there's so many different um places you can go mindfulnessschools.com is one um, resource that they could go to that has programs for children and for adults um, I would also suggest the children to also be doing small little snippets of mindfulness every day five minutes here five minutes there um, also allowing the um, releasing the control so that also comes back when you're practicing mindfulness a lot of the control mechanisms within yourself are naturally released so you don't need to do anything but to try and to try and do it but it would actually help them to allow more um, freedom for children to make choices for themselves to listen to their children more and to allow them to yeah just have that space of the child leading them as opposed to them leading the child um, there's also different pathways that you know people can take so there's different like learning hubs there's um, online learning there's homeschooling there's unschooling there's a whole lot of different ways you can go about that um, our group a new paradigm of education is a group of educators and parents and mentors all together holding hands from all different fields and so if they had any questions or they wanted to know some further steps we could obviously support them but definitely 
just being able to listen to your child is such a gift, Mm. you know, actually taking time, like really taking time, not just like while you're doing the dishes or, (laughs) you know, just sitting there taking time to see and to hear them and listen to what their messages are. Maybe they're saying they don't want to go to school. Okay, Mm. well, what what do you want to do then? Like, Mm. and and just kind of if possible to take yourself out of the picture and just to listen from a blank blank space with non-judgment. See what comes through. That might be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> that could be really difficult, right? Yeah. But try it within. And, it, yeah, it's really going to depend on where the parent is at in their space of evolution and what they're wanting to change and also what messages the child is bringing through and how receptive both are to those messages. Mm. Those are some awesome tips and no doubt there'll be a whole bunch of uh, resources uh, available uh, through your book as well um, and and your online resources. So if people do want to get in touch with you, Monique, and find out more and also get the book, where can they go? Sure. So our book is called A New Paradigm of Education and you're right, it does have a whole lot of different resources in there written by eight different educators and authors from around the world. And they can go to amazon.com for the book. And our website is a new paradigm of education.com. And so is our Facebook group as well, a new paradigm of education. Yes. And I, I'm going to jump in that group because I think it's um, it looks amazing um, with all the contributors to the book. So uh, some really good resources in there. Now I've got the Definitely. last big question for you, Monique. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Global awakening, Mm. if I could say it simply. (laughs) If you want me to go into detail. That's huge. um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's my sole mission. I'm here, I'm here for that. And there's there's nothing that's less than that. And I think it's one of those things once you know, you know, you take a step through the door of um, wanting to, you know, as I said, I had anxiety, wanting to make a change in my life to then moving into a place of awakening, to then moving to a place of full-blown awakening, to then being able to serve humanity with that, including Mm. our children. And I just see that that really is going to change. It's going to evolve the whole planet on, on all levels, if I put it simply. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine a world like that? Could you imagine it right now? <laughs> it's happening. It's yeah. happening. The more people that are, are focusing on that, it's really, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. And again, you know, um, the, the mission here is for us to spread that collective change bit by bit, day by day. And uh, you and I are both there and we're doing it right now. So thank you so much for being a part of the ethical evolution. I've loved every single minute. Oh, thank you so much as well. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. 
Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. 